So this morning, we're going to be talking about Jesus. This month, we are celebrating His um, birth. And although, um, as we celebrate His birth, you may have a cute little nativity scene at home, and you'll see cute little nativity scenes around, and, and that's all nice. But I want you to know this morning, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, we are celebrating way more than a cute little baby that reminds us how sweet life can be. Because I want you to know, as we look to the Word this morning, and we read about the birth of Jesus, what you are going to see is goodness stepping into the arena with darkness. That's what you are going to see from the very beginning. I want you to know that life is full of good and evil. There is no neutral. There is no neutral. Jesus made it very clear. If you are not for him, you are against him. So it's not just, ah, you know, I believe in Jesus. I'm, not, I'm just not into that. That means that you are ruled by evil. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to open your eyes. That's what's happening. But here's the good news. Jesus has died for you, and he wants to move in you. When Jesus took on bodily form in coming into this world, what he was doing was entering into the arena with darkness as someone who entered into an arena with, with handcuffs on. Now, he was the victor through it all, but here's what I mean by that. Jesus is God. If you don't know that, that's what the Bible speaks of. Jesus is God. Jesus created the world with the Father. He was part of all that. When he took on bodily the bodily form, what he was doing was taking on flesh and he was restricting himself. He was taking on the weaknesses that you and I encounter. And why this is so encouraging is because what we're going to see is this example of someone who had all of our weaknesses, but yet he was used mightily by the Father and he became the victor, and we are called to walk in the same path. Because here's the cool thing. He was led by the Spirit. That's one of the things that we see. He was led by the Spirit, and if you receive Jesus, I don't care what you've done in your life, I don't care what kind of thoughts you have, if you receive Jesus and you mean it, the Holy Spirit comes into your life, and the Holy Spirit is able to use you to defeat darkness around you. I want you to hear that. But I also want you to hear this. This is one of the things that you're going to see in this, is that evil, one of the things that evil does is evil tries to make you think you're not in a fight. Hey, I'm your friend. Hey, I'm just here to, you know, walk alongside you. Why can't we all be friends? Now, we're called to love people around us. People are not the enemy. We were all created in the image of God. However, some of us choose to follow darkness. We cannot be friends with darkness, okay? Darkness is the enemy. So if somebody is following darkness, I want to love them, but I also want to make it very clear that I stand against darkness, and if they follow darkness, they are standing against the king who is behind me and his multitude of armies. But one of the things that I want to stress this morning 
is that because Jesus entered into the arena, you are called to enter into the arena. That's what we're celebrating here. And here's what's so cool. I want you to know if you've never stepped into the arena, it is exciting. Stepping into the arena is exciting. If you've ever practiced something, I don't care if uh, it's an instrument, you know, uh, like the praise team this morning, you know, they have a practice and they come in, but I got to tell you, it's a whole different ball game of doing the practice thing and then being in front of the people. It's like stepping into the arena because you are, you are doing things in front of people. You are opening yourself up to criticism and there's, there's just, there's something about it. Well, no matter what arena that you are involved in, and we're all involved in different arenas. Some of us are involved in similar ones, but, but there, there are a multitude of arenas in here, okay? Some of, some of you, your arena is you know, in the family. Some of you, it's uh, at work. Some of you, it's at school. Some of you, it's a team you're a part of. I mean, no matter what you're a part of, it's all an arena for the Lord. But the Lord is asking us to step into it. And here's what I mean by that. You are called to way more than keeping your faith to yourself. You are called to speak that out. Now, you need to know this. When you speak it out, when you live it out, you will be attacked. Because again, as we read the scripture this morning, you're going to see as soon as Jesus was born, his life was in danger. And he needed to listen, his parents needed to listen to the Father in order to protect him. And you need to listen to the Father as well. But I want you to know there's excitement in that. If you feel like your life is boring, I want you to know it doesn't have to be. It can be really exciting. And I know that for many of us, that's not what we've experienced in the church. What we've experienced in the church is we've been around these dead religious people, okay? They keep their faith to themselves. They do their little things on Sunday. And then they go out and just, you know, live how they want. That's not what God's called us to do. And when you step into that, it gets really exciting. Does it get dangerous? Yeah. But you know what? God is with you, and there's nothing the enemy can do unless God allows it. Is God going to allow some hard things to happen in your life? Yep. Are you going to encounter some evil? Yep. You're going to go through some consequences for it? Yep. It's part of this life, but you know what? You're going to anyway, so you might as well get something for it. You might as well get some reward for it, right? Let's go to the scripture. Matthew chapter 2. We're going to step into the scene here as um, Jesus is being born. And we're going to get um, some of the context of what was going on around him in Matthew chapter 2. So it begins, I'm reading in the New Living Translation. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. So, so right off the bat, he, he's building this. He's bringing in the, the political leader of this time. Why? Because it's important. God cares about those things. I want to say that right off the bat. You know, that's one of the things that we're taught in our American uh, culture. Just keep your faith in the church. That is, that is the enemy. You, you ever heard of Hitler? I know I talk about him. You know what he used to say? Just, just preach the gospel. Okay, just speak the gospel. Speak it in your church. Let me handle everything else. That's not God's way, 
Okay? Why is he bringing this in? Because God cares about it all. Did you know we're called to disciple nations? Now, people are within nations, but we're not just called to disciple people. We're called to disciple nations. So right off the bat, we see that this is during the reign of King Herod. And it says, about this, about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where's the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leaders, priests, and teachers of religious law and asked, where's the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. So we're getting into some of this uh, prophecy that I was talking about earlier. And that's why it's so neat. When you read through some of these prophetic books, you're going to see things that were spoken of long before they happen. And then God lays them out exactly to the day, to the T, as it was spoken about. Verse 7, then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. I want you to hear this. If you're going to follow the Lord, you're going to have to get rid of your naiveness. People want to harm the Lord, the, the enemy does, and anybody following the enemy, okay? And they want to harm anybody who follows the Lord. And they're not going to tell you that, okay? They're going to tell you exactly what King Herod just told them. Oh, I want to worship him too. Well, guess what? We have all kinds of people in authority right now who say, I'm a Christian too. I love Jesus. Oh, babies over here, kill them. Um, you know, oh, is that what God says about, uh, you know, sexuality and family? Well, that's a bunch of hogwash. Anybody who says that is going to face the wrath of, you know, jail, lawsuits, whatever. Okay, you have to stop looking at what people say and look at what they do. Okay? You know, as someone who encounters situations in my other job, okay, this is something I've really learned the value of. You can sweet talk me all day long. I'm watching your actions. Okay? Because I know my life depends on it. Okay? I know that someone can be laughing with me and smiling and, and pull something out and it's over. I watch actions. You've got to learn to do that very thing with people around you. You want to know what somebody believes? You don't listen to what they say. You listen to what they do. You watch them. That's how you're going to find out who they really are. Now again, we're not coming against people here. That's not what we're doing. We want to save people. But we also want to pay attention to who they're following. Are they following the enemy or are they following the Lord? 
If they're following the enemy, I need to be careful. And you're going to find out here that um, that's part of what happened. The Lord's going to intervene and he's going to redirect them. Just because this is the son of God doesn't mean that he's in danger. Just because you love God and you're following God, that does not mean you're not in danger. You need to follow the Lord. All right, so it goes on, verse 9. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They bowed down and worshipped him. Why? Because this is more than just a baby. This is God in the flesh. But it has the appearance of an innocent child. We cannot go by how things appear around us. Again, that's why I say you've got to get in the Word. If you're not in the Word, you're not seeing life clearly. You don't have the ability to discern it all. We like to think that we do, okay? We like to think that, you know, we can spot, you know, evil and things like that. You can't. You can't. I found that over and over because as I read the word, I get convicted. And I'm like, ah, oh, I, I really thought I was okay there. I, I thought I was okay. But then the word is like, no, no, you, you, you were being wrong there. You were being lukewarm there. You, you know, you thought you were being kind here, but not in reality. That's why we need the word. Verse 11, they entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. Catch this, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Why? Verse 13, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. He said, I wanted to worship him. He, he, he acted like he was part of it. This is how evil and we see it over and over. If you go into the Old Testament, for instance, um, you'll see that when the people wanted to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem after being out in exile, they've got enemies that come and they're like, oh, we follow God too. We want to help. That's how the enemy works. Why? Because it gets you to drop your guard. It gets you to drop your guard. Anybody who knows anything about taking advantage of somebody knows I've got to get you to drop your guard. If I'm going to be a salesman that doesn't want to help you, that just wants to make a sale, I've got to make you think I'm your buddy and I want what's best for you so that you will listen to me. So I'll start off talking about all kinds of things that get you to feel comfortable with me, make you think I'm your friend, and then bam, all of a sudden I got what I wanted and you're stunned like, what just happened? That's how evil works. We, we, we need um, 
to hear from the Lord on these things. Because many times, again, these people who are doing this are, are being deceived. Herod is being deceived by the enemy. That's what's happening here. And so we've got people around us that are being deceived, and they don't even know what they're doing. We, this morning in our Sunday school, we were talking about Judas. Judas didn't really know what he was doing. He was being led by the enemy. And we have people around us that if they're not truly giving their hearts over to the Lord, if they're not truly pursuing the Lord, they're being led by the enemy, and they don't know it. If you're not for him, you are against him. And that's what we encounter in this life. Verse 14, that night Joseph left for Egypt with the child of Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. So Jesus, the son of God who created everything, this is his home and he starts off in a foreign land. Why? Because of evil. And part of what this does is just, it, it, again, it shows you what we're up against. And, and yes, I wish it were not so. I wish that, that I could just walk around thinking that everything's okay and everything's safe. I mean, once again, before I entered my other job and I was just pastoring here in town, I thought that everybody was nice around here. I used to leave my doors unlocked. Uh, my wife left her phone in my truck the other day, and I was at Casey's, and she needed to come get the phone. So she tracks my phone. You know, we got the little Live 360, so she always knows exactly where I'm at. So she shows up at Casey's thinking, and my truck's running. She's thinking she's just going to open the door and get her phone. <laughs> no way. I've worked too many of those cases. My doors are locked, okay? She's like, ah, she comes in. She's like, why do you got your car locked, you know? I, because I know. <laughs> I know what goes on all around us. You know, I'm looking at people all around, and it's like, see that? I, <laughs> and and you, you're all thinking, oh, it's all okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this to... To, to press you or, or make you see ghosts around every corner. I'm just saying, this is reality. This is the situation that we're in. And when you understand this, here's what's going to happen. You're going to throw yourself at the feet of Jesus. And you're going to say, Jesus, I need you. And you do. And that's what I want you to see. And I want you to know that when you do that, he's going to guide you. So even though they're after Jesus, God is guiding them. Now, eventually, Jesus will die because his time's going to come and God's going to allow that. But until that time has come, if we're listening to the Lord, he's going to guide us. He's going to use us. Verse 16, Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers, which, by the way, they didn't. All they did was listen to the Lord and follow the Lord. Okay, You don't have to be smart to follow the Lord. I want you to know that. You know, that's another thing within the church. You have these people that, you know, I'm Dr. So-and-so, and you think you've got to be Dr. So-and-so to read the Word and understand it. You don't, okay? It was written for everybody. You can understand it. You can hear from the Lord, okay? It just takes obedience. That's what it takes. It goes on. It says, He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Again, this is what evil looks like. 
This is the potential all around us. And this is why you must step up. Because if you don't step up, what's going to happen is that darkness is going to gain more and more power, more and more power, and what are they going to do with it? Well, if you read through Scripture, if you read through history, they oppress. And they have no problems taking life over and over. And many of us can't understand that. We're just like, no, that can't be, that can't be real. Well, that's what evil does. And when a person begins to turn from the Lord and turn... Uh, Evil steps in. You know, even a situation, when you think about King David, King David loved the Lord. King David followed the Lord. But you know what? He had a lapse, right? right? There was a lapse where he said, I'm just going to, I'm not going to step into the arena with my soldiers. I'm going to hang back. I'm going to just kind of enjoy life. I've done a lot. I deserve it. What, what happens? Well, he gets a temptation. He's like, oh, man, that looks good. Oh, he steps into the temptation. Oh, he gets caught. Or he's about to get caught. So, so how is he going to save himself? He kills a guy who's fighting for him. How much more evil can you get? Hear this. I'm capable of that. You're capable of that. All of us. Why? Because that's what the enemy can do within us when we're not fully given over to the Lord. That's what drives me. That's what drives me to continue to pursue the Lord because I know what I'm capable of if I'm not at the feet of Jesus. But here's the beauty. When you are at the feet of Jesus, God can use you for unbelievable things. I mean, he can use you to impact lives all around you. And it's not you. It's just you being obedient. It's God doing it. But you have a choice in this life. You can be used of the enemy or you can be used by the Lord. But if you think you're just going to take the middle ground, it doesn't exist. And that's part of what God is showing us here. Verse 17, Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. Again, this was spoken about. They knew it was going to happen. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. Verse 19, when Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. All right, it's all over, right? I mean, it was just this one bad guy. He's dead. We can all breathe easier. Not exactly. Verse 21, so Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene. So it, it, it doesn't end, Okay. Um, you know, it's not just, oh, there's this one person out here following the enemy. No. If one passes away, there's others. So, so what do we do? Well, we do what Jesus did. Jesus gave his life for us. He stepped into this world, stepping into the arena, and he didn't have to do it. He could have stayed in heaven. Here's what you can do. You don't have to step into the arena. You can just, you know, live your life. 
you don't have to speak truth around the people that you are around and in the places. You can just, you know, avoid the uncomfortable feeling of speaking truth and having somebody come against you. You know, you can just kind of keep quiet and just kind of nod at people and it'll be okay for a while. But eventually, darkness is going to take over. And eventually, we're all going to stand before the Lord. And he makes it clear, if you didn't speak my name on earth, I'm not speaking your name to the Father. It's not a matter of me earning something. It's just a matter of me acknowledging the gift that I've been given. If I receive Jesus as Lord, I receive him as my Savior. If I don't receive him as Lord and I don't speak about him, he's not really my Lord. And I, I forfeit all that he died to give me. And so I want you to know that Jesus has paid for everything you've done, everything that, that you, you can do. It's all been paid. And all you have to do is receive it. You don't have to earn anything. But part of it is that you make him your Lord. And that means that your life is his and he's going to use it. He's going to use it. How's he going to use it? In, in the areas that you're in, he wants you to speak truth. And as you speak truth, some of this is going to happen. But as you go on and read through the Gospel of Matthew, what else is going to happen? People's lives are going to be changed. We here today have been changed because of the stuff that we're reading right there. What if God wants to use your life to change some people around you? Are you going to have to go through some hard times? Yep. But what if he uses it to change some people around you, and then that changes some people, and then that changes some people, and then that changes some people? Can you imagine? Imagine this. You're standing before the Lord someday, and he says, You know, Billy, Sue, you weren't the sharpest knife in the drawer, but you were obedient, and you followed me, and you trusted me. And because of that, Joe and Bill over here saw it. And Nancy over here saw it. And you know what? Because of that, they saw me, Jesus, and they decided, I want to follow him as well. And because of that, then, you know, and on and on it goes. Which path do you want? God has already cleared the path for you. He's just asking you to walk it. But it requires stepping into the arena. If you just sit back and, and you just try to live your life, you, you might... Um, you know, again, not have some confrontation for a while and some uncomfortable things, but eventually, like that, it's, it's gone. I hope that you'll choose to step into the arena. It's a really exciting, um, and, and God's worth it because he did it for us. Lord, thank you that...